Welcome to the Fish Cast. What has happened in Gainesville? Dan Mullen had to fire two of his assistant coaches. His DC and OL are now looking for new jobs. Miami's turned it around and is trying to finish out the season on a six-game winning streak. Manny Diaz went from the hot seat to possibly getting a contract extension. The playoffs. Who's in right now? Who's out? And what may happen in the next month? And in our final segment, it's rivalry week. Miami versus FSU. Can the Seminoles pull the upset? Coach Demo thinks so. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fish Cast. Midweek recording this week. How you doing? My name is Corey Long. Joined as always by Charles Fishbein, Coach Demo, Chris Demaris. Good week, gentlemen. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, kind of exciting week. Florida starts their uh, high school playoffs this week. Uh, uh, Demo, how's the Jersey playoffs doing? I mean, I guess like the Catholic school playoffs is pretty much the big thing up there, right? It's all. That's all it is. I wish they'd go down and play Florida. They would end all the speculation. What's but speculation? they won't do that. What's, what's the yeah. speculation? Like they got players up here that can compete with the guys down there. Well, they got a few, I'm sure. Not many. Oh, everybody's, got, everybody's got a few, but you got the most. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. But, so, I mean, who, who wins? Like Bergen Catholic is the I team? Guess. Yeah, uh, I guess the team. St. John's Bosco? Or they, say, yeah, they still I think that's good. California, but yeah. Not St. John's. What, what, Don Bosco, yeah. Don, Don Bosco. Bosco. It's not Don yeah. Bosco. Yeah, that's the one that uh, Myron Roll went to, right? I think so. Uh, Myra, I think Myron went, he went to, to the uh, Hun. He went, he to, went the to the Hun school. Oh, the Hun or one of those schools over there. Yeah, he Pennington, went to the, Pennington yeah. or something. Yeah. No, he oh, went okay. to the Hun school. The yeah. Hun school? All right. All right. And of course, there's a, I mean, this is a big, this is a good week for Fish when he found out that the, the, the big half of the Florida playoffs are going to be held like literally 10 minutes from the house. That's going to film for Fish. Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's great that they're fine. They listen. We all agree they should keep them in Central Florida. But if if I'm not going to have them in Central Florida, it's nice to have them in the backyard, and you don't have to drive far. So, yeah, I mean, you actually would go home in between sessions <laughs> as compared to what we used to do. There's no doubt, man. It's like 20 minutes from my house. Yeah. Um. Interesting news coming out. We're going to open with you know probably just with this Mullen stuff and this Frost stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll go one at a time. Uh, Dan Mullen went from went from put having his feet into the fire to, to his whole keister in the fire after that horrible performance on Saturday. He could blame the flu if he wants to, but South Carolina is a bottom feeder in the SEC East, and they went in there and looked like pure garbage. So, uh, and this, you know, we're getting a lot of this from our, our from former guests of the uh, from our old guests of the program, Bob Redman. Uh, Scott Strickland, the AD, was not happy with him after the game. And I, I have a feeling it felt like the conversation went down to either you make some changes now or I'm going to make some changes for you and I'm not sure where I'm going to stop. And it ends out that uh, his longtime defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, and very long time assistant uh, O-line coach John Hefsey both end up being fired. Hefsey was uh, with him for, God, 20 years. They've been together since they were both on Urban's Meyer staff at Bowling Green. And uh, Grantham, who, who turned down some NFL overtures to stay 
the uh, DC and Florida, and, and they're both out. And uh, they were definitely, definitely, if you if you had to think of one coach that caught the ire of fans, it was definitely Grantham. The defenses have just underperformed. Um, I don't think Mullen is out of the woods yet, to be honest with you. But I do, th- I mean, I, I don't think they want to make a move there, but I don't think he's out of the woods. Um, I, and I'm like you, Fish. I think he's a great coach. But this has not been a very good season. Let's put it that way. I, you know, you go, go ahead, Fish. No, I mean, you go back, and I'm, I'm sure Demo will talk about this. It wasn't that long ago um, the head coach at Notre Dame had a losing season. He made those changes, and Notre Dame hasn't looked back. I, I just – we're in a day and age as everybody wants instant gratification. This guy was in the SEC championship game last year. He's won a majority of his games at Florida. Yes, the recruiting we can, um, you know, comment on, you know, that maybe it's not up to par at Florida, but I just don't know what these fans want. Yeah, it sucks that the team is losing this year and they, you know, they had a chance of beating Alabama. They didn't seem to recover. Um, We've had question marks with all, you know, the quarterback decision, but this is a team that was, could have won, we thought maybe nine or 10 games, but something like this could happen sometimes when you lose as many uh, starters and captains and uh, leadership players, when things go South, who do they turn to on this team? There's nobody really for them to turn to. There's no Trask. There's no uh, Tony this year. There's no Pitts. There's no voice in that locker room to keep this team together. So it's not like totally shocking. They've had a down year now four and five is unacceptable, but I don't think you just fire one of the best coaches in college football and who are you going to replace them with? I mean, I know the Gators think they could sign uh, Bill Belichick, but that's not realistic. Fish, you know what happens is a lot of times when there is no leadership in the locker room, that's the coach's job. Okay. And if you look back to the beginning of the year, I had Florida pick very high as well as some other people did, but we didn't really know what the inside story was going on because I believe there was some inside fighting going on in that program. And it leads back to even last year. Um, and then it came to a head and then things get stale and then you got to make a change. But I, I was fooled like everybody else. I thought Florida had it compared to Miami and Florida state. I thought they were on top. They had the recruiting. They had some kids coming in. They had some good problems, not bad problems, good problems, but they didn't solve the good problems. And then it falls on the coaching. And I really truly believe, and I'm not the only one that says this, Steve Spurry believes it as well. The tackling on defense was my biggest concern going into the season. I was concerned with the defense, not necessarily the offense. I know they had dual quarterback or two quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. But I was concerned with the defense. And it sure, it reared its ugly head. And this past game, I think it was too much for the administration, too much for the fan base, too much for everything. And like Corey said, I think some people had to go. It could very well have been Mullins. Uh, But they end up turning it it into the O-line coach and the defense coordinator. Now they got to recover from this. Um, yeah. And, and I, I just, again, I, I'm sort of, I understand both sides. I mean, I, I definitely understand both of your arguments. Uh, fans expect more than a four and five season. I mean, Mullins won, Mullen has won. I think, I think he won 11, I think he went 10 wins, 11 wins. He was eight and four last year in an abbreviated season. Uh, would have won 10 win. would have won 10 last year in a normal season. And, you know, now they're four and five and it's just, they're, they're, they're way better than a four and five team. Let's, let's be very honest. They're better. 
something hasn't clicked. Um, a lot of it's on defense. Some of it's on offense, too. Um, you know, they are offensively. They looked bad this past week, too, and uh, didn't have the use of Anthony Richardson, who hurt his knee dancing in the team hotel, which, you know, gives you a little bit of a snapshot of there's probably a bit of a lack of maturity on this roster right now. Um, I guess the bigger question is – where does he go for hires? He's got to get some guys in there that can recruit. And we don't need necessarily names, but I'm talking about a style of coach that works with him. You're, you know, Mullen's a, you know, Mullen likes to run his offenses. Mullen is, you know, like most of the guys from that Urban Meyer tree, he's got a big ego. And, he, and sometimes I think, you know, he might need a coach, just one coach that can, and you know, Demo, you know, you've been on staff. So there's always that one coach that can tell him, can put a head coach in check that can kind of get them from from feeling themselves too much and I feel like he needs that sort of coach on the staff yeah you know you could do that without getting personal you know and when it becomes personal that's when it becomes a problem but if, if a guy can handle it is mature enough to handle different opinions than his and maybe he has to think about it a little bit that helps but see, I go back to, we're not on the inside of Florida, right? So there had to be some problems going on. There had to be. Oh, we got our sources on the inside, but we better check our sources because we don't know what these sources are, what side the sources are on. So unless you're truly on the inside and know exactly what's going on that pertains to you being on the inside, you don't know the full story. And I believe that, like, like I was fooled. I was fooled like a lot of people, but there had to be some things going on on the inside we didn't know about. You could talk about sources all you want, all these great reporters. I got sources, I got sources. But if you don't know, if you're not the person that's involved, then you really don't know the true story. But Corey, moving forward, you're right. He's going to have to get a coach in there that's independent, okay, that is very secure with himself, that can recruit, and then can bring up opinions to the head coach that might be different from his and not afraid if the guy uses them or not. And I guess Charles agrees with that. No, I, I definitely agree with it. You know, I've spoken to a couple people that um, know these coaches and stuff. There was issues last year with Grantham. I, I know that him and uh, Mullen, from what I've been told, they've had differences in, a, in agreements. Mullen didn't want to make change. For whatever reason, this was an issue last year, their defense. He didn't want to make change. And sometimes when when something's obvious that you need to make change sometimes people wait too late till they finally make that change you know uh a lot of times coaches their egos get in the way they're like you know what we'll we'll work our way through this and when the thing starts to go south and their defense started to go south last year and the fans were calling for the uh dc's head it may have been just best to part ways last year get this thing out of the way and now this wouldn't have been as much of an issue this year uh, there was defensive coordinators available. I mean, Florida could have possibly gone after Freeman, the guy that went to Notre Dame from Cincinnati. There could have been other guys out there. Mullen didn't make the move, and I think he's regretting it now, um, and he's paying the price. Their their defense, once again, has let them down, especially when you have a new quarterback and, and offensive parts. The one thing at the Florida schools usually you could count on is a great defense, and that's the one thing that's let Florida down this year again is their defense – and the defense sets the tone. Demo will tell you that at Florida State, Miami, Florida. When you have a great defense and they're aggressive, then they could get after it and they could get the ball back. It, it pumps offense up because if they get the ball in a short field, 
the defense, I believe, if you don't have a great defense at one of those three schools, you could forget about winning conference championships and national championships. The defense sets the tone at those schools. And right now, all three of them are really struggling on that side of the ball. Well, see, what people have to understand is all three phases of football complement each other. The offense, the defense, and the special teams all complement each other. They can all give each other the edge or they can give each other a, a problem. And if your offense says, I'm running my offense, I don't care, I'm throw, whatever I'm going to do, I'm not going to help the defense, I'm not going to help the special teams, you're on your own, figure it out. Then you have problems. But if you got a guy who can understand, the defense has to complement the offense. It helps the offense, it boosts them. Defense, when they score, it helps the defense. And then the special teams gets a great punt or, or gets a great return, it helps the offense. So all these things complement each other. And if one branch is off on its own, then you got a problem. Yeah. All right, guys, um, we got Sanford at Missouri, Florida State to close out the Gators record. Currently four and five. Where do you see them finishing? I think they'll go seven and five. I think they'll close out close out with three wins. I, I just – they're still better than all three of those programs. They get Florida State. At the end of the day, the Florida State-Florida game, forget uh, records. Those kids are going to come out play on both sides. You're not going to have – to motivate the kids. Demo's been part of that. Coaches have told me it's easy to motivate kids when you got your rival on the other side. It doesn't matter records, Florida, Florida State, it's going to be in the swamp. Those kids are going to be pumped up. It's the final game of the season. A lot of them, it's their final game of their uh, careers and uh, football careers. So I expect them to Sanford. They're not losing to Sanford and um, Missouri is not a good football team either. So We'll see what happens. I think the Gators uh, will get it back on track and win the last three games and finish with a seven and five record. Yeah, Corey, I kind of, yeah, Corey, I kind of agree with that. Um, okay. You know what you have to realize is when Florida, Florida State, Miami were in the top, all those kids from those programs either played with each other or played against each other in high school for the most part. And there were some other kids trickled in there, but they understood the rivalry. Now you don't know if these kids understand the rivalry. You know, you look at. You look at Miami Central and they had Yearby and uh, Cook. They didn't go to the same college. One went to Miami, one went to Florida State. But when they played each other, they wanted to prove that they made the right decision to go where they went. So that's why this game is very, very high stakes, uh, let alone just, you know, the records and all that. Like Fish said, these kids want to prove to the other ones that, hey, we made the right decision. You made the wrong decision. And that's why these games are so special. And I'm looking forward to that game at the end of the year. But I do agree with Fish. I think they'll finish 7-5. to five. All right, seven and five. So we'll start. We'll, we'll go to the next uh, part of this um, this coaching hot seat. Scott Frost at Nebraska, three and seven after another close loss this past week in Ohio State. That's uh, I think all seven of their losses have been by nine points or less this year. Um, and really, this was the first loss that they had that was technically by more than one score. Um, Trev Alberts, their AD, first-year AD, ends up deciding to keep Frost on a restructured contract. Word is he took a pretty pretty good pay cut to return next year, like in the 30 40% range, like significant pay cut. Um, in the process, he fires four of – pretty much fires his entire offensive staff, I think save his wide receivers coach. 15-27, um, and 27. They're, uh, they close out with uh, Wisconsin and Iowa, so that could get worse, could get a little better, depending. Um, should Frost have been afforded? This is four years not making a bowl at Nebraska. It's pretty much unheard of in our lifetimes. Um, 
Should Frost have gotten the fifth year? What does Frost need to do to turn this thing around? Um, and uh, those those are two questions. Should he have gotten the fifth year? What does he need to do to turn it around? Either one of you can start. All right, let me take this one. Here's what's going on in Nebraska. And I got some inside sources there too, but how good are they? You know, I don't know how good they are. But I'll say this. When you hire a Nebraska guy, it's good and terrible at the same time because half the people are going to be happy and the other half the people are going to be like, no, you should have hired this guy. All right. And then you give the guy four years and he really doesn't do anything. Then he's going into his fifth year. Okay. Now he has to really do something to keep his job. You got the AD who's for Nebraska guy who probably likes the guy, but there's a bunch of other people that have hard feelings for the guy. So there's some people cheering for him and some people cheering against him. So you got a little bit of a problem there, almost like you had a Florida inward. It's inward. It's not the outward part of it. It's inward. And when you have problems on the inside, then it's going to trickle down to the team. It's going to trickle down to performance on the field. So what ends up happening is you get the guy a fifth year. If he doesn't make it halfway through next year, he's going to be gone in the middle of the season. And then they have to go out, unless they're already doing it right now, looking for, looking for somebody to replace him. But that's what I think is going to happen, Corey and Fish. You know, it's Listen, the guy was the hottest commodity coach four years ago. He's a Nebraska guy. These guys in that in that building want him to succeed, and they're going to give him every chance to do so. And this is just another – they gave him a, a stay of execution. He has people on his side. That's what it comes down to when right. hiring and firing these guys is that – do you have enough allies in that? In, it doesn't matter what the fans or boosters want. It's the who the allies are of that guy. There's 100% enough, fish. 100%. There's enough people in that room that want him to succeed because one, they had to go. I'm sure they had to fight a lot of schools off for him too, just because he was a Nebraska alum. I mean, Florida wanted him. Florida State took a uh, called his agent. You know, they had to go all in on him and they could not lose a Nebraska guy to one of these other programs. It would have been a major blow to them. Now those same people are like, man, were we wrong? They start second question. We got to give this guy one more chance. You want to give him a chance. We've talked about this, Corey. I think we think Scott Frost didn't forget how to coach. Uh, and yeah, he had one winning season at UCF, a really good winning season, but that team was very good. He helped build that team. He didn't forget to coach. I thought one of the biggest mistakes he made and you could go back and you could be the Monday morning day quarterback. He brought everybody with him to Nebraska from coaches to assistants to secretaries. He forced Nebraska to hire every single person. And that's a G5 program. You're bringing a lot of inexperience at that level. You're taking it to another level. A lot of those guys didn't know what it was like to be in a power five locker room, be in a power five program, what it took to win at that level. UCF and, and, and Nebraska at that point, at that time are at two different places in college football world. When and, you do something like that though, fish not to interrupt you, the stakes are high. When no, you bring all your own people, you bring everybody in, uh, you wipe it out. There's no question. But when you go back and look at one time, Nebraska tried to hire Jim Grobe and I was friends with one of the guys on Wake Forest staff. And I said, what do you think? And he goes, Grove won't take the job unless everybody's allowed to go with them. And you know what Nebraska did? Said, no, you're not bringing everybody. They wanted Frost so bad that they were, yeah. they had no leverage. He basically said, you bring everybody with me or else. And, you know, he lost one of his best recruiters 
um, who is at North Carolina now. The guy got cancer his first year at Nebraska, so he had lost him. He lost the guy that was bringing all the Florida guys in. He lost those guys right away, and they haven't recovered. He hasn't recovered from the recruiting standpoint. And we've talked about this over and over. As good of a coach as Scott Frost is, he made a major miscalculation at the quarterback position. He thought he's run Adrian Martinez back three years in a row when the kid's not a winner. He's not a winner. You know, Florida State had one in Chris Ricks. He really reminds me of Chris Ricks, does Martinez. He has a dad that's a pain in the butt. The guy's basically suffocated that program. And, 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 and that's on Frost. Frost should have gone out and got another quarterback. But Nebraska had an identity for forever, like 30, 40, 50 years as, as we know it. They were a power football team. And you've seen some of the other programs in the Big Ten, whether it's Michigan State, whether it's Minnesota, coaches that went in there and changed that culture, like people say. Those teams have an identity. Win or lose, those teams have an identity. You, nobody could tell me what Nebraska's identity is. They should be a power football team where they're located. Where are the tight ends on that team? Where are the guys to run that ball? Where are those big receivers that could set that edge so they could run those uh, stretch runs? Nebraska try to become a finesse team in a like it'd be like the Pittsburgh Steelers being a finesse team. They'll never be a finesse team. Just the town, the personality of those people. They're grinders. They want to beat the heck out of you. That's Nebraska football. They got to get back to that. And he has to bring in guys with that same philosophy of we're going to take your manhood. We're going to beat the crap out of you up front and we're going to run the ball down your throat. And that's what you're talking about a different kid then fish. You're talking about a different kid. They, they're going to have to go after those different kids and find them, whether it's in the portal, whether it's in recruiting, they got to find those kids and they got to change the mentality. Nebraska has become a finesse team. And that's why they're losing these close games. They have no, they have nobody to just line up and take the manhood of the guy across from them. Sometimes when you take these coaches that ran finesse programs somewhere else and bring them to a program that's uh, uh, a battered and bruised program and you try to make them a finesse program, it doesn't work. So going back to what you said, Fish, why do some of these coaches don't take other jobs but take the jobs they take? Well, because the allies are there. And they'll give them that extra year, give them that extra two years, give them the extra three years to make sure that they're trying to be successful because they – banked on them being successful they backed them up so they got to make sure that they give this guy five six years to be successful but what happens then is you water down the process okay and then what happens is you ruin it for other people guys take certain jobs because they know they can get away with certain things here but not over there and that's why they take these jobs and the other thing fish like you said the nebraska is rough tough get after they still have their fan base they yeah. still have a, a lot of people that back them. But right. here's the problem. It's missing something. Right. It's missing something. Maybe it's leadership. Maybe half, half the people back Frost, the other half the people don't. We truly don't know what the reason is. Only the people on the inside right. do. But that's the information I I'm mean, getting. I mean, it's well, split. And I know college football has changed. One of the big things at Nebraska was their walk-on program, the black shirts uh, yep. with the defensive players. I don't think they instill that enough. Like, you could still get – I'm sure there's a lot of kids in Lincoln – that rather walk on at Nebraska than to go to another school on scholarship. Like it means that much. Like Nebraska's in their blood from a young age. They they need to go back to what made them great. There's no, listen, not everybody needs to be a spread offense. College football, 
there's different styles that work at different schools. Every school's not the same. You don't what what they run at, at Ohio State may not work at freaking Nebraska. Nebraska's a they listen, you can't tell me with the history of running backs that they have that they can't find an elite running back. They that program, there's maybe five programs in college football that have had better running backs in the history of their program than them. They've had phenomenal running backs, they've had great old linemen. They could go find those kids uh in in their area and up i mean listen you go look at wisconsin wisconsin is basically what nebraska was 20 30 years ago big power football and they're winning in that conference running that same that style they need to take a a look at nebraska uh, wisconsin and iowa and what they do and copy it and just and, and replicate it and go listen these two teams are winning in the conference not running spread running power football running just straight up and, and taking other teams' manhood. And we're, like I said, Nebraska ha- used to have great tight ends. They had receivers that could get after it. They had, they, they had a style that worked. It was a formula that worked. And people said, oh, it can't work now. It can work now. They just, I'm not saying they have to go straight option football back to what they were, but they can still run. There's pro, you go look at Coastal Carolina. They run a version of the option. Why can't they run that same offense now and don't tell me kids won't go to play there. I don't buy it. If you have well, a, if you're I'll successful, say this, Nebraska, Nebraska better figure it out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, Nebraska still has it. The yep. name Nebraska yep. still carries a lot of weight. Yep, I agree. All right. So neither one of you answered my question. Should Scott Frost have gotten a fifth year? Yes. The answer is no. You don't think so? Yes. I, I'm, okay. I'm going to say yes. All right. I say no too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, basically, because I just think it's ridiculous that four years you can't get to a bowl. And here's my issue, I guess. My, my main issue is that he was, another, he was another guy who just did not want to make changes, who did, who basically, and a part of that with Frost, I talk up to inexperience. He's not a very experienced. He's not a what? He's not a very experienced head coach. He's only in his sixth year as a head coach. And I think, you know, part of me looks at it and says, did he catch lightning in a bottle at UCF? Probably is this really more of the coach that he is? I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's only, again, there's only six years of, um, of, of, of resume to put out there. It's not like we're looking at a guy that spent a lot of time, you know, working his way up the ladder as a head coach where we know he can win games or not. Here's the main thing. And this is, this goes for Scott Frost. This goes for Scott Satterfield. This goes for Mike Norvell. Coming from the American to a power five is a whole different beast. You know what? It's a grind every week at power five conferences. You can't, like, even the worst teams can have enough players that where they can find a spark and pop you in the mouth. And you don't always have to deal with that in the American. And that's why Scott Satterfield, who I think is a very good coach, but he came from App State in the Sun Belt. The ACC is a lot better than the Sun Belt. He's struggled to... Hit the 500, Mike. We, we've talk, we'll talk about Mike Norvell more in the next segment, but, you know, he's back-to-back three wins right now. Scott Frost goes from being a hottest coach to a guy that can't even bust 500 out in the Big Ten. It's just a lot harder. And guys that – and all, all three of those guys were not very experienced at the Power Five level and not very experienced as head coaches. And they're having to go through this learning process – of going, oh, this is a, it's a much different game at this level. 
and they're not ready for it is what we're finding out. Corey, he doesn't have to look very far for the blueprint for Nebraska. All you got to do is follow Coach Osborne's, Coach Osborne's yep. blueprint. And yep. he's a Nebraska guy, this yep. guy Frost. Follow Coach Osborne's blueprint. That's not what Scott Frost – Scott Frost learned under Chip Kelly. And, uh, You're Mark right. Hershelick. He's a California he learned, guy. And, and, that's, exactly that's, right. and, and that's what he is. I mean, he's brought that – and that's what he brought to UCF. And that's what – like, he doesn't know. I mean, I know he ran that offense, but he doesn't know that offense but from you, a coach standpoint. But he, but UCF and, and Nebraska are totally different animals. One's in uh, yes, that's absolutely you got you got, you got access to way more athletes in the state of Florida. UCF, yes. we've talked about it as an easier school to recruit at. Nebraska, you have an identity. They have not had an identity since he's been there. That is the biggest problem. What do they do well? When you watch a Nebraska game, tell me what they do well in offense. I can't tell you. I've never – They one week they run the ball well, one week their quarterback has a good game, one week they could throw the ball. They never put it all together. It just seems like they have no go-to uh, move when they need to. It's just it, – it's a it's a rudder – it's a rudderless program right now. And, yes, that falls on Scott Frost. But, you know, where, where can they go? Like – if they're going to make a move, you're saying, all right, Scott Frost doesn't deserve another year. Yes. Exactly. Who are they Who are they going after? Well, first of all, I don't believe in camp. Who are you going to hire? There's a million coaches out there you can hire. You yeah. know, it's well, like, wait a second. You're, it's easy the, for you. If you've got the resources, which we all say Nebraska has the financial resources, you find you find guys that can run your identity. You find There are several coaches in your own conference you can pluck from that will find your identity. That You know what? You can you go after – you can try to go after Pat but you're, you're, you're asking, you but would. You're I asking mean, but, the same administration that mm-hmm. hired this guy and you're saying failed. It's not the same administration, Fish. They've changed presidents. They've changed athletic they have Trev. They have Trev Alberts running Trev their Alberts program. Trev has been there for but, six months. What is he, but, what is he, but what does he know about finding a football coach? I mean, honestly, like he, I'm more experienced at finding a fucking head football he wasn't, coach. He wasn't brought to Nebraska to revive the volleyball program. I understand okay. that. I, they probably they, pro- they probably shouldn't have hired hey, the volleyball program. Pretty good. Finding a football coach, you better figure it out because they're going to need one after next year when Scott Frost goes four and eight again. All right. Well, hey, not for nothing, but their volleyball program is pretty good. But anyway, yeah. you're going to you're going to fire Scott Frost midway through the season next year, so just get rid of him now. And with that, we're going to end this segment and come back. We're going to talk about. Florida State and Miami from a little bit of a different perspective and talk a little bit about more about their recruiting and who's who's on the up and up and who might be who might be the which program might be better in the future. We'll be right back before the pitch cast. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.